Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, We're excited to be sharing a pour with Leaper's Fork, Matt King, Director of Distilling Operations. Matt, cheers, buddy. How you doing? Hey, cheers, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm glad we could able to get this rescheduled. Uh, We're really excited about this. I know uh, we haven't done many podcasts in the golf and bourbon world, so... Uh, we're pretty excited about that. Nice. Uh, uh, we haven't either, so uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, so we've got a lot of stuff to unpack here, man. So, Leaper's Fork, right? Yes. Um, so, just so to orient people, if you're not familiar, um, what are you, uh, maybe 30 minutes or so south of Nashville, just outside of Franklin, Tennessee? That's right. Yeah. So we're, we're about 30 minutes south. Um, small little town of Leaper's Fork. Don't blink. Um, you'll miss it. You know, we uh, there's not even a stop sign. Um, but we decided to kind of um, put our roots here. There's a lot of history in this area with distilling. Um, it was kind of the last outpost for Franklin um, as they were settling this area. And so we just decided that this was a great area for us to, to settle down and start making some whiskey. So. Cool. Yeah, right on. So did, did Leaper's Fork, did it keep its township, if you will, or, or did it get incorporated into Franklin? I think, you know, don't quote me on that. I, I used to live in Leaper's Fork. I can't afford to live out here anymore. It's kind of Hollywood's playground now. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people move to California right now. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did. We're, we're outside of the Franklin, but we still associate very well, whether that's through the Your Williamson or Visit Franklin um, we talk, talk pretty close to them. So, I mean, we're probably a, a stone's throw to Leaper's Fork and a stone's throw to Franklin. So, oh, nice. yeah, I mean, it's kind of the, uh, the who's who of country music there right around you. So I'm, I'm sure you guys get some interesting guests. We may, uh, we may get into that a little, little bit later after we've uh, yeah. had a sip or two. Hey, you know what? We have friends and family. We don't have guests or customers, right? <laughs> so everyone that walks to that door leaves feeling like they're friends and family. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you make it to leapers. Well, hold on. So you, you started up in 2016. We've already got a bottled and bond release. That's what yeah. I'm going to be, by the way, thanks so much for sharing this with us. We appreciate hey, man. it. I, I wish it was our bourbon. <laughs> it, well, it's extremely unique, man. I was, uh, and, and typically I usually try to wait. I did wait on this one. So, uh, so I could kind of crack this open with you, but open it up in 2016, you've already got a bottle and bond. So as everybody knows, right, you, you, you at least aged for four years. Right. Um, so you, you guys put some juice down and, uh, put it on wood and let it set for a while. Hey, that's right. That's actually, um, we did a, a straight rye. Um, it's about three years, 10 months. We released um, probably mid of last year, and we decided uh, to go with the Bottle and Bond, Tennessee. Um, we saved the Leaper Sport Distillery brand name. Um, we did do a, a, a small source brand that we told our distributor, don't sell, we kept in-house. Um, we were very honest about that. It just kind of, we were showing people in our tasting room what we what we wanted our whiskey to taste like down the road. And so and for so long, we waited under two different brand names to release the Leaper's Fork. So uh, to us, this bottle and bond is a purity statement. We wanted people to know that the name on the front is who made it. It has to come from one distillery, four years old, 100 proof, and that's uh, made in a single distilling season or 2016. So um, that's about 20 barrel blend right there. And I'll actually be uh, along with the production team and the owner, Lee Kennedy, be dumping about 20 more barrels here uh, in April 12th. So 
Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And then bourbon to come out and follow in June and July. So we're, we're right at that four year, five year mark. And we're, we're excited to start turning some barrels out. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, so just to talk a little bit about this. So, you know, what I finding very unique about this is so it's 70% corn, 15% rye and 15% barley malt. And man, I am so digging that barley, kind of that, that finish on that kind of that rich, creamy mouthfeel on this one. So I'm pleasantly surprised that this is the bottle that you sent. Uh, cause I'm, I'm loving this stuff, man. I could, uh, yeah, I could get in trouble. This podcast could go sideways real oh, fast. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> hey, boy. we appreciate that. We uh, well, y'all look like you got quite the collections behind you there. So, <laughs> um, no, we we run everything through a 500 gallon Venom Copper Pot Still. Um, it's a Scottish Swanick style, so we try to bridge that gap. We're very traditionalist, we're very purist. Um, you know, we wanted to pay a little bit of homage to the Scotch and Irish tradition of distilling, so we added that 15 percent barley malt, a little bit higher than you know maybe some would. Um, we also use it, you know, for its enzymatic power, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, we're just, we're very excited about how this is, uh, has been received in the industry. And for us, you know, we weren't going to release anything until it was ready. We, we didn't just say, Hey, it's gotta be four years old. Um, that, that necessarily wasn't a, a factor for us. It was the whiskey's going to speak for itself. And so we decided that, that this was the right time for it. And then, uh, uh, we've been actually did we did some barrel samples of the bourbon today, and I think we're we're pretty excited that it's at the five year mark. It's the only difference between um, the Tennessee whiskey and the bourbon, besides the Lincoln County process that we do here, um, is going to be it's a fifteen percent wheater instead of the fifteen percent rye. So, um, just wanted to change that up. So, so with yeah, so with the bourbon, it's not going through the charcoal filtration. No. Um, so yeah, we, we completely bypassed the charcoal filtration on that. Um, so that's really the only difference between the, the, you know, Tennessee whiskey and the bourbon other than rye and wheat component is just no charcoal filtration. So, and we don't chill filter yeah. any that either. So. Yeah. So a couple of things that you guys are doing that's, um, I, I at least find unique. So I guess before I go there, um, so you guys are kind of, you know, noting yourselves as pre prohibition style. So, so when you're kind of putting that, yeah, when you're making that statement, um, what are you saying in pre-prohibition style? Right. So, um, you know, one of the small things we do, we use Cypress fermentation tanks. Uh, We don't use stainless steel at the moment. Um, We wanted to be traditional in that. There's solely a holding vessel, but it was the stainless steel of the 1800s. You know, kind of like Woodford has those beautiful Cypress uh, fermentation tanks, but um, we're actually going into the uh, the barrel at 110 entry proof instead of 125. Um, that was the pre-prohibition limit. And so we're actually um, doing that as well. And then, you know, we're trying to, uh, we, we grow all of our own corn. Um, we have a 90-acre farm as well. We have a hammer mill. We mill all of our own grain. So oh, wow. um, we're truly a grain-to-glass distillery. We control every step in our process. We make our own sugar maple charcoal. Um, I don't think there's anything that we really oh, wow. source um other than that original brand that we started with that we're not really sure what it's, um, you know, what's going to happen with it now that we have our own. So, wow. yeah. How, so, so was that, if, and have you been there since inception or even since 2016? I have not. Um, so I've actually been here just under three years. Um, I actually came from the wine world, uh, up until, uh, this past Friday, I had a, about a beard down to here and, and uh, went down to Florida. If you guys can't tell, I look like I'm probably sunburned. My wife got on me about it. So we, 
we got rid of it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I was in the wine world and um, working for a local vineyard here owned by Kix Brooks and was their taste room manager and went to Italy and on a little family trip for a couple of weeks. Um, started studying for my sommelier and I had an epiphany. I said, that's wine country. I live in whiskey country. What am I doing? Uh, so I jumped ship and, and got into the bourbon world. So it's been amazing. Um, but I've kind of worked every job here and just like all of us do. I mean, we have a very small team, but a great team. So um, but we do have a lot of folks that have been here since day one still. So, yeah, sure. What, uh, what, what level, uh, have you passed for your sommelier test? I actually didn't even jump. I was about to sign up to do it when I was on my comeback from Italy was like my trip to, you know, force me into it. And then I was like, right. you know what? I actually worked for our liquor distributor for a little while that happens to now distribute it. Uh, Libra Sports products. So that was kind of fun to, you know, have that tie as well. So very cool. Um, yeah, sure. my, my plan is to go back and, and work my way through it. Uh, it's one of those things that's been on my bucket list and kind of been itching at for a while. So, hmm. yeah, a yeah. lot of, I mean, are you finding also, you know, a lot of similarities and, you know, just, I mean, obviously the pro the making, right. It, it process is different, but right. you know, when it comes to the fun part of drinking it, I mean, a lot of similarities from the, you know, wine to, uh, to, uh, yeah, it's not, some you know, same and different. You know, when we're talking about a flammable consumable versus a <laughs> product that's you know made from grapes. So, um, yes, you know, some things that I find interesting. You know, we use an eighteen month stave age on our barrels, um, so we let those those staves season uh, in the seasoning yard at the Cooperage for eighteen months before we even decide to build a barrel out of them. Um, that helps break down lignans, tannins, and other things inside of that wood, but. Um, to me, you know, there's 30 up to 32 staves in a barrel. That's 32 different trees that impart different flavors into making this whiskey. So every barrel is unique, right? Um, no barrels are going to be the same. And then the soil and the climate where it grew for 50 to 80 years that, you know, that could be uh, Appalachian wood versus wood we're getting from the Ozarks. It's totally different. Um, and so there's, there's some things there, you know, grapes all, and, and wine is all about the terroir. Uh, God, I know I knew a big word like that, but, uh, so, uh, but it's all about the terroir. So similarities there. Um, but like we said, we're, we're drinking a flammable consumable versus, uh, you know, something around the 15, uh, 10, 15% alcohol range. So, um, I've enjoyed uh, the people in the industry, though. Whiskey and bourbon is very fraternal. Um, we, our industry, the Tennessee Distillers Guild, you know, we help each other out. We, you know, we got some great distilleries that are local to us as well as across the state that we we drive tourism to them and they drive tourism to us. And um, they can't do what we do and, and you know, vice versa. So, right. um, you know, the rising tide floats all ships is kind of a saying we, we have around here. But uh, wine's a little different, but, uh, you know, there's still some camaraderie there. But I think that uh, this is probably the only industry where your distillery can catch on fire and you know, everyone else is sending truckloads of barrels to, to help you open up the next day, right? Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah. sure. I don't know about golf, but maybe <laughs> I drink to golf so or golf to drink, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, you know, Hey, it's like, uh, which, which ones with uh, first hole or 18th, right? I mean, that's kind of going to answer that question for us. Right, uh, right. So, <laughs> do y'all have your own cooperage as well? So we don't own our own cooperage. Um, uh, currently we've been working for the last five years with the Kelvin cooperage out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, okay. they have done a great job for us. We've done some experimental stuff. Um, we're this year, we've kind of worked a little bit with, um, great American West Virginia barrel company, uh, I'm probably butchering their name, but it's, I know it's some version of that. Uh, in some variation, all of those words are in the name. 
Exactly, exactly. And then we got Speyside Cooperage out of Ohio. Um, they've been unbelievable for us. They they kind of both those those last two cooperages jumped on our radar this year, and um, we started experimenting with different toast levels and char levels with our barrels, and um, while still bringing in everything from Kelvin Cooperage at the same time. So uh, it's it's been pretty awesome that we're we're up in our production. Last year, I believe we did um, 431 barrels, but we shut down for. Uh, about 60 days to do that disinfectant kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, we're never, never going back to that. Um, and then we, uh, we did, we, so we were kind of behind on production this year. We plan on 550 barrels, which isn't a lot, um, but we're kind of, we're limited to by the county up to 25,000 gallons of whiskey a year. Okay. So, hmm. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey. We much, but. Yeah. So, so that's a, another maybe a topic to touch on. So when you guys opened, I mean, pro, I think you went through quite a bit of legislation, right. To, to be able to get, uh, to be able to open the distillery itself in, in the, the area that you're at, right. Yes. Yeah. So we did, um, Lee, who is the owner and, and um, head distiller, he, uh, our, our CFO, um, is actually his uncle and I think he had given him a, a, a Foxfire book and there was a chapter on distillation. So at age of 16, he stole his mom's pressure cooker, uh, went in the basement with a copper condensing line and a five gallon bucket and started making really crude whiskey and then worked his way up and, um, started distilling in the barn and then finally wanted to go legal. And, uh, there was another guy, Heath Clark out in this area, um, H Clark distillery, um, who he helped pass a lot of the legislation, legislature in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, so in Tennessee, a lot of people don't really know you couldn't really distill here from 1909 to 2009, um, except for Jack Daniels and George Dickel. Uh, and then finally in 2016 in Williamson County. So we, you know, we're just now getting our feet under us. I think in 2009, there was like three or four distilleries in the state. Now we have over 40. Um, so a lot of us are very young right now. So that's kind of why we're so fraternal as well. We all want to help each other grow. So, um, we're just, we're getting to the fun part now and that's opening barrels and trying it. Mm-hmm. So. It, well, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, I'm, you know, kind of looking at, you know, as I was uh, taking a look at you guys and moving, what, what's Leaper's Fork all about? It's like, holy shit, man. You guys have got the patience of Job, man. <laughs> to, to, I'm, to, but I mean, to put, you know, it, it's, it, it's no small task, right? And again, you, you know, you you had a source, you know, whiskey in the beginning, but, you know, just to barrel that stuff, put it down and let it sit. I mean, that's, um, that's yeah, kudos to you guys for, for having the patience to go through that. And again, you know, what we're sipping on today is, is absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend. Are you, um, are you distributed in all 50 or what's the, um, we're actually distributed only in middle Tennessee. Uh, so we're just now opening up those distribution channels, having talks with different people. Uh, we've teamed up with Sealbox. Oh, cool. um, if uh, we can ship bottles to about, I think they do 26 different States now. Um, so that's pretty exciting. We wanted to wait till we had um, our bourbon out before we started hitting different markets. Uh, we kind of see ourselves as being a, a regional brand, um, right. and, you know, growing from there a little bit more. Um, we've been literally, like you said, sitting here in Leapers Fork. Um, we've for the last four or five years up until this past year, we spent zero dollars in the marketing department. Uh, we've grown organically just through guests, you know, friends and family coming through that door. And, uh, so it's kind of nice that we're, we're finally at this point to where we're getting some attention. Um, Yelp and, and Travel Plus uh, Leisure just put us on uh, one of the list of top 25 in the, in the country. So oh, we're excited. About that. Cool. That, was, that was nice. Um, 
know, it was based on Yelp reviews, not necessarily products, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but we'll get there and we're, we're excited about it. I think our goal is to hit seven to nine years of aging before we really start hitting distribution channels a lot stronger. Um, we, we just, it's to us, it's about the quality of the whiskey. Um, I want to invite you guys out, uh, and, and come see us whenever you want. We'll fill a barrel for you guys for birdies and bourbon. And, uh, and we'll, we'll have a good time, but, uh, we're probably the, you'll see we're the most inefficient distillery there is in this, in, across the country. Um, we are all about quality versus quantity decisions. And so, um, we don't want to be an allocated brand. Our goal is not to be an allocated brand. Um, but hope, you know, it, it, with our, our quality and quantity sizes that we kind of have that constraint, we'll, uh, it, it might be a little bit harder for us to reach all 50 States. So mm. I guess that was the, a long way around that short no, that's answer. good yeah man no 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 it, so before dan says no I, i'm saying yes and we accept the invitation we'll be up shortly yeah mm-hmm. absolutely hey, anytime y'all want to come seriously i would love to invite y'all out and, and we'll make sure you have a good time so he does know that we're still on the air right cal because i mean you can't take it back now. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take it back this is this is going to be I mean, this is going to be public <laughs> knowledge so cell phone numbers so anytime <laughs> yeah. all good so, that's awesome so uh so i want to touch on the on the bottle and bomb whiskey and so why the route to go toasted barley on this one what what was the what was the thinking and the mindset because right. I, I would i would say that today as we see it you know it, it's i don't want to call it unique uh there are some other craft distilleries that are kind of going down that road Right. But again, th- this was four or five, this was, you know, four to five years ago. So what was, you know, if, if you, you know, if you've got that kind of uh, intellectual property that you can share, what was the forward thinking of, Hey, we're going to go with this, which is a very unique flavor profile, which is that, that toasted barley. Right. And you, you know, it, it's, it, is it for everybody? I'm not going to say that, that it is right. It's it probably, right. if you're, if you're a true bourbon traditionalist, right, this is definitely going to taste different. Me personally, I think it's uh, it, it's refreshing on the palate to me that, you know, I do drink a lot of bourbon and a lot of different kinds and a lot of different labels. And, you know, this is kind of one of those like just kind of punch you in the mouth, not from a not from a heat index of, you know, hey, this is hot, you know, ethanol. But from that, just that live, vibrant kind of organic um Right. Uh, yeah. The, the nuances that it gives me, man, I, I, I'm so digging this stuff, man. It's so tasty. Yeah. Um, so we use the Riverbend Malt House um, in Asheville, North Carolina. They do actually a toasted Vienna style malt for us. Um, we use that. Uh, one way of describing that to people is if you think about bread and then you toast your bread, um, you kind of get a little bit of that caramelization a little bit. So we were kind of leaning towards that. I'm sure Lee's got some more uh, private reasons as to why he made that decision that I probably shouldn't share. But um, you know, we, we will always like to pay this homage to Scotch and Irish tradition as well. So mm-hmm. um, we wanted to, if, if I were to guess, and that isn't putting, you know, words in Lee's mouth, we're, we were trying to, sure. to mimic a little bit of um, if you, not a, not a sense of not peated, but to add a, a more smoky, more um, kind of toasted characteristic to this whiskey to help pull back. Corn's a very forward, uh, you know, grain. Um, think about uh, cornbread. Uh, it's full mouthfeel, you know, kind of lingers with these stays with you for a while. Our hope was kind of that this toasted malt would help settle that um, and some of that sweetness as well. Uh, coming off a of pot still, we're, we're using, um, we're getting a very full-bodied 
uh, whiskey. We come off at 137 proof off the still instead of 160 um, by law. So coming off of lower lower uh, exit proof kind of gives us uh, this flavor profile that we like. We, we kind of say here, and this is going to sound not – uh, we, we go into a barrel dirty, right? Uh, we don't, we don't want to go in like vodka, very clean, uh, right. stiff, um, because we're going to come out of that barrel, uh, if we go clean, very bland. Um, and so kind of the, the hope with that malted barley was to help tone back probably some of that rye and that corn grain that's in there that are a little bit more forward, a little bit more bold and robust. Um, so that's why we did that along with just kind of tying to that, that tradition of Scotch and Irish heritage. So very cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of getting like uh, almost like some shredded wheat on the nose on this thing, you know, the cereal with a little frosting on it uh, right, on, on, right, on, yeah. the, on the nose. That's exactly what you're talking about, yeah. And then, yeah, and then like, you know, this thing on the palate and the finish, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, I don't know if it's, I mean, and I'm almost getting like, a, it's not a honey glazed ham, but it's, it, it, it's more kind of charcuterie board for me with okay. some of the, uh, some of the kind of, you know, Italian like smoked meats kind of thing. So okay. yeah, yeah, it's, it's whiskey. And those are good notes. I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I think that's fantastic, man. I mean, this yeah, is so kind of like a, this a year we, we started playing around with the, uh, we, we did some char four barrels with a medium toast and then we decided, you know, maybe coming off the pot still, let's, let's tone it back to a char three with a heavy toast. Um, <laughs> so we've played around with some different things this year. Um, so, you know, R and D in our industry is, is four years. So we got some time to figure that out, but, uh, you know, we've also, it's easy for us to, on a drop of a, a hat to, to do an experimental line. Um, we were actually, like we were saying right before we started recording, I was in the back pulling barrel samples. Um, we, we put some hundred percent malted corn into a Madeira sherry cask and this stuff is, uh, it's going to need a lot more time. Yes, sir. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, Absolutely. please. Um, it was weird though. It came out like this very soft, uh, it had like almost like a, a yellow hue to it. I mean, it needs a lot of time. We did a triple wheat in uh, some Cabernet barrels, some rum cast finish. We did a, uh, um, I can't say the name, but into a, uh, a very well known Kentucky weeded bourbon brand barrel. Um, so that's that'll be exciting. Um, so we, I think you may, you may you may have some family ties there at the uh, at the distillery. By the way, you may not. You may not. Yes, may, may or may not. We'll let people figure that out. Uh, so yeah, we're we're really excited about what's coming out of these barrels. And um, you know, speaking of experimental stuff, I and mean, the first barrels we ever put back on wood was uh, was actually seven different grain bills of rye. Um, we did wow. fourteen barrels, two barrels of each. Um, anywhere from 55% rye to 85% rye. We just knew that rye matures faster than corn. But, you know, when we got, when we got started being a barn distiller, you weren't really running dry whiskey in your bar. You know, you're running corn, bourbon, Tennessee whiskey style stuff. And so uh, we, we said, let's try to figure out what our rye recipe wants to be. And so we learned three years and, and two months later, you know, what we wanted. So I think as we start opening these barrels, you might see some of these grain bills change slightly. Um, but we, we like to put everything on that label for people to know exactly what you're getting from us. Um, there's no secrets here. I mean, we're, we're, we try to be an open book. So, yeah. And, and that's one of the things I really like about this label. And I actually like the way that this label is, um, is laid out with, I mean, so it's bottled in bond, right? So you got to make a lot of statements on the bottle just because of that, uh, right. uh of, of that recognition. 
But uh, but I, I again, I love the transparency. Uh, I love the way I mean, you make it really easy to read for the consumer to know what's in there. I mean, again, you see bottled in bond, so you already know some things are happening. Uh, but, you know, just in the way that this thing's kind of uh, spells out, you know, exactly what's going on. Uh, bottle number limited. That's I mean, what more can you ask for? Right. I mean, that's uh, you're, you're giving it the exclusivity, you know, may, maybe that's organic in, in the sense of, of it's just kind of being, you know, uh, yeah, uh, we just our batches, so, um, 4,000 bottles, maybe, um, a batch. And so, um, we used to, or well, we still hand bottle and hand label everything here at the distillery. Um, I've got some great guys that they go back there and they just, they, they, they get to work on it, but, um, hand labeling is not fun for anybody that's, that's done it. Um, but we, the Lee, the owner used to hand sign and, and put the bottle number on every single bottle. And we, wow. we just found that there was no possible way that we could keep up. Uh, you know, his hand was going to fall off by the time that we even got through, you know, one batch. So we changed it to limited just, um, in the future for our experimental stuff. Um, anything we do that's not within these, the, the rye, the signature rye, the, the bottle and bond Tennessee and the bottle and bond bourbon, um, the whole label will be handwritten. Um, and that's kind of our, our goal cool. um, is to keep those at least. And then we'll always have, hopefully, um, once we start opening up these other barrels, have at least something in our gift shop that is uh, not distributed. You can't find anywhere else. It kind of makes it special to come here and, you know, uh, have this gift shop exclusive that, you know, kind of like those, those uh, Woodford, they used to do the Woodford Double Oaks that you could only sure. get there, right? Yep. Uh, so that's kind of our goal behind that. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. But Yeah. So, well, and a gift shop that you can actually buy liquor at. And right. you can drink and you can drink there too. Yeah. Well, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, we have a, a cocktail bar on the front porch. Um, people hang out. We have people drop by and just start picking guitars on the front porch and singing. And uh, you can buy a bottle. We'll give you cups and ice. You just got to share with us. Right. Yeah, man. That's nice. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I mean, why, why drink alone, man? That's no fun. Well, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So, uh, so what, so what's being produced right now? So you've do, you got a, um, you got a white dog. Are you guys still producing that the Natchez trace? Yeah. So we do, um, the white dog, we actually have two, two separate of uh, that. We have a Tennessee whiskey white dog, um, runs through the Lincoln County process. We, we put our, our sugar maple charcoal in a white oak barrel. So we write on the back of it, um, actually, Rested for one minute in a used white oak barrel. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we do have a rye whiskey. We do the same, a rye white. Um, the goal behind those was to show people how grains affect whiskey. They were more of an educational tool for us than necessarily, um, you know, releasing a white dog. We didn't want to do vodka and gin. We're solely a whiskey house. Um, so we're doing the two white dogs. We have the Colonel Hunter Select Barrel. Um, that was a source brand that we, we acquired here in the state of Tennessee. Uh, from a distillery that, you know, you can probably guess where it's coming from. I can't tell you. Um, we, we blended that. Um, it did great for us. Like we said, we told the, the distributor not to sell it. Um, we just, for the, for the last four years, that was in our tasting room. Uh, it's named after the, uh, the gentleman that fought in the war of 1812, Colonel Henry Hunter, um, alongside Andrew Jackson. He was given a land grant, came back here and actually settled on the property where our distillery is today. And he's buried about, uh, 700 yards behind us, uh, or where I'm sitting right now, um, was a distiller in the area. And so we wanted to pay homage, respect to him. We bought the property. Uh, I believe it was from his fifth grade granddaughter. 
So um, that, that was kind of why we settled here. It, that brand um, did a lot for us, uh, you know, for where we're at now. But then we got the uh, the Tennessee whiskey, uh, the bourbon, and the rye are just kind of our flagship stuff. Other than this experimental stuff we've been working on, so um, that's that's really what we have at the moment. And uh, I mean, right now, uh, Greg Pelham's out back and he's making Tennessee whiskey. He's probably coming off the still right about now. Nice. So, so with the experimental stuff, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I'm going to call them finished whiskeys, right? So you talked about, you know, run finish, uh, Cabernet, a sherry cask. Uh, I'm, I'm really digging that stuff right now. And there's some great expressions that, you know, across all brands that are, that are there. What's the, I guess, what are the limitations at Leaper's Fork or, or are there limitations of, uh, you know, cause it, it's not, it's not new to go into a wine barrel, right? It's not new to go into a sherry barrel. I mean, are there are there some things, and you probably can't talk about it if, if there are. But are uh-huh. there are, are there <laughs> are there limitations though of like, hey, we know we don't want to go down that road because of a, a of whatever reason. Yeah, um, you know, I really don't think there's anything that we we won't try. Um, we did a hundred percent malted project, you know. We don't see 100% malted corn on the market very much. We don't see uh, 100% malted rye or malted wheat or 100% malted. I mean, we see some 100% malted barley, but not as as much in the states here. So um, we, we we like to play around with everything. I mean, and we're we're expanding our cooperage a little bit in the sense that we're playing around with these two different cooperages this year. Kelvin's been great with getting us used cooperage whenever we need it. Um, oh, cool. You know, really limited to whatever we we think up. I mean, we're, we're not necessarily going down the same routes that everyone else is. A lot of our stuff that we're doing is we're taking new make spirit and we're putting it into used cooperage. It's not sometimes not even going into new cooperage. Mm. Um, so instead of just necessarily doing finishing stuff, we're doing complete aging. Um, we actually have a, a, we've teamed up with Bongo Java coffee. They take some of our freshly dumped barrels, put green coffee bean in it. We've been putting rye whiskey back in it. Um, Okay. We've talked about turning them into smoking the barrels into smoking chips and stuff. I mean, all, there's all sorts of stuff we can do, but, oh, yeah. um, you know, there's nothing that, that really stops us at the moment. Uh, we've worked alongside good people brewing. Um, same thing. They put an Imperial stout into some rye barrels. Uh, we, we went and put, you know, whiskey back in it. So, um, we're willing to take the risk and try anything. So if y'all got ideas, let us know. We'll be, we'll be happy to, to play. I- I mean, it's, it's so, so I'm sure there are limitations that come from being a craft distiller, right? I mean, you, you, you don't, yeah. you know, from, from, a, and it, you know, it, funding, marketing, distribution, what have you, but right. you know, just, just in the same sense, it, it's gotta be equally rewarding to be able to have that flexibility and, and to be able to, it's like, hell, I don't know. What do you want to do today? It's like, ah, so it, let's do this. And it's like, I don't know if that's going to work. And it's like, eh, well, we'll find out. Right. I mean, that, that's gotta be just a, a, a free feeling to be able to go down that road, man. Exactly. And, you know, and, and that's, that's for us, it's, we, we control our own destiny. And, uh, you know, if, if something doesn't work out in four years, we'll just, we'll find another way to, to make that happen. I mean, we had, uh, Probably shouldn't talk about it, but I'm going to. Uh, we <laughs> when we did that, our- hey, that that means that means you should definitely talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Hi, it's West Durham. This is Birdies and Bourbon. It's not like a real three putt. It's just the well, it's a cocktail and it's a podcast. So it's really not like a three putt at all. 
did our, our disinfectant, right, that we did for so long, we actually said, I mean, it was legitimately an American light whiskey um, is what it was. Yeah. That's all we needed. Uh, and then you denature it. And so we couldn't get our hands on denaturant. And we had when we got told, you know, it's kind of time to stop making it. We had about 300 gallons sitting on hand. So we said, throw it in a barrel. Let's see what happens. Right. <laughs> so um, there's we're not limited when it comes. We're limited in size when it comes to, like I said, distribution, marketing. Sure. Of stuff um, we're limited in, in how much we can produce a year um, but that doesn't mean that uh, we're not limited in, in our creativity and the quality that we're producing I think we almost have a leg up in that that aspect because we're we're growing our own corn we're controlling that at, from you know the time it comes out of the ground um, to when it when it goes into a glass so we're really just we're just having fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. I, I, I love it, man. I, I absolutely love it. I can't wait to get up and uh, have a drink in person. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's that's what I'm really looking forward to. We're we're um, excited too. So I'm yeah. glad y'all brought to us and we uh, we we were able to do this. So oh yeah. Hmm. So the talk about the experimental side a little bit and and are there? So you just said you pulled some barrels down or you pulled some samples down. Yeah, I pulled some samples today. Um, we pulled some of the malted corn out of the Madeira sherry. Um, pulled some stuff out of that. Oh boy! Wheat, like bourbon barrel. Um, pulled uh, some stuff out of some uh, a triple wheat out of the cab barrel. Um, some other larger distillery used cooperage from Kentucky that we have as well that we, we you know pulled a couple of those out. Haven't really got to taste any of them, so I can't really speak on them yet. Uh, I'll let y'all know, but uh, we're excited about it. It's um, and that's just the start. I mean, that's not even that's just our triple wheat line. Um, so we're we've got some other things that are that are going to be pretty exciting as well to, to open up. And once these, some of these rum cast finishes, I'm pretty excited. I want to get into some Chardonnay and some Italian uh, red wine barrels and, and some other stuff. So. Um, we'll, wow. we'll see. That's, we a, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. They just come out of the woodwork. So like, Hey, you want to, you want to buy a used barrel from, you know, uh, a French champagne. Yeah. Yes. We'll give it. <laughs> you want a whiskey barrel? <laughs> so <laughs> so it, 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 is there anything that, uh, and, and you don't have any of these bottled, right? The, the, mm. uh, but I don't, I see you've thrown me off now. Cause I don't want to call them finished. They're definitely not flavored. No, um, there's, Storage. Yeah, they're 100 percent storage. They're just we we really don't even know what to call me at either. We're just in the <laughs> experimental line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, create. We age in connexes, like shipping containers. Um, yeah. Currently, uh, we have about 1,524 barrels. That's what I filled today. Um, wow. So um, a little over 1,500 barrels on wood. Um, more than half of them are down at Tennessee Distilling. Uh, in Columbia, Tennessee, being aged down there. We kept all the experimental stuff. We have about six shipping containers here on site. So one of them we have dedicated as the experimental uh, and also the 2016 stock. So um, we're slowly working our way through that, and then we'll bump our way down and get into, you know, containers two, three, four, five, six. So we're, we're, we're kind of we're learning as we go, too. We're, we're kind of at the, the backside of the art now. So. What, what surprised you uh, the so two twofold? What surprised you the most positively, and what surprised you the most? Like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Man, well, it's never done finishing if we shouldn't have done it, right? So okay, All right. we'll keep it in wood, or we'll pull it off and put it on something else. We can use new cooperage. Um, sure. Surprised me the most. 
the cab barrels were very interesting. That, that uh, Cabernet is very tannic, right? It, it kind of dries that mouth out a little bit. Um, we found that it pulled this nice deep red hue uh, color into that whiskey, but it did have a little bit of this cab finish, cab bite on the backside. <laughs> and that was very interesting. Um, the Madeira Sherry, it was new make spirit, came right off the still. We pricked it down to 110 into the uh, 100% malted corn into the Madeira Sherry cask. And that was the most surprising to, to look at that after it's been tucked away for, I think, almost through two years now, I think is where we're at on that. Um, very, very light, um, like lighter than a scotch. It needs either a lot of time or it needs to go into uh, new cooperage or fin- like finishing in new cooperage versus finishing in, you know, something different. So sure. it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I think those two are the, the two that really kind of shocked me the most. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you're onto something here. I, I'm, you know, as I kind of, peruse through your website. And, and as we're talking, you use the word toasted an awful lot, which, right. is, which is, Hey man, I mean, that is like, you know, straight to the top of the charts, right? I mean, it's like, you know, heavy char, replace that with toasted. And, uh, we, we got something right here. Right. So I, I, I love what you guys are, uh, are doing from a char standpoint. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is we, you know, this year we came around, we started off, um, we originally had, I don't know, probably 20 or so barrels that were in 25 gallon barrels. And we were like, this isn't working. Um, we dumped those into 53s. We've been running with 53s ever since, but we've played around with char and toast and, you know, toast in a barrel is, um, similar to the wine world. Um, they toast their barrels. And so, um, the char is really acting as a filter for us. That toast level is we're caramelizing wood sugars and we're breaking that down on top of that 18 month stave age. Um, hopefully we can have this really full body, but mellow smooth product. And that's, that's kind of the end goal. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just, uh, living in our own little world in Leapers work and we're kind of, kind of just sitting back and seeing what happens. So. Yeah. So um, I'm sure COVID impacted you somewhat during 2020 and, and there's probably some residual coming over yeah. now. What What's um, so hours? I mean, you open every day for people to come in or what's that look like? Yeah, we are open. Um, only day we're closed is on Mondays, um, but we still do production on Mondays. Um, sure. You know, we're doing tours on the hour and a half. Um, you can find them all on our website. This is LeapersFordDistillery.com. But um, Tuesday through Saturday, usually it's a, a 10 a.m. tour. I think Tuesday starts at 1130, um, runs till 4 o'clock. Uh, we just had mask mandates lifted here. So we're still trying to stay very conscious about that. People are spread out. If you want to wear a mask, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we are uh, – we're – about 20 people on a tour, but we're not filling up constantly. So, um, we do recommend people book in, a, you know, in advance. We know, um, and you can do that once again on our website, but, uh, we did shut down tours in, in 2020 for a little while. Nothing. Um, we were doing 30 people on a tour every hour, uh, before oh, wow. COVID, um, <laughs> book completely. Um, our, our tasting room and our retail, 
uh, kind of cabin space is, was originally built in 1825. So it's a 200 year old cabin. We searched, you know, two and a half years for, so it doesn't make for a large space for, <laughs> for tours. So, um, we're actually kind of relieved that we're down to 15 to 20 people on tours. It, it makes for a more intimate setting. Sure. Um, now that we're releasing whiskey out of barrels, our, our focus of the business is no longer relying 100% on the retail side. So, um, it allows us to focus on, on distillation a little bit more, kind of hit the ground running even harder back there. And, um, that means we get to share more with people and show people more what we're doing. And, um, but we're, 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 we're staying afloat. We're doing pretty good. Um, you know, the disinfectant thing was, uh, uh, fun, I guess. (laughs) 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 Make make, make the best of it. Make the best of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our production crew, um, we ended up laying off, uh, or not furloughing, um, a lot of our, our retail staff, when I say a lot, I'm, that's four to five people. Um, you know, we only have about 10 of us here total at the distillery. And so, um, our production crew worked through, um, we were running 18 hour days, making as much, uh, disinfectant whiskey, whatever, you, uh, you know, sanitizer, whatever the, you know, anybody wanted to call it. Right. Um, you know, that was, that was tough. You couldn't find glass. You couldn't find plastic. You couldn't find denaturants. You, you really couldn't get answers from the FDA or the government on what needed to be done or said. So, uh, we just, D- we, Hey, do the best you can. Right. Yeah, it was do the best you can and we'll deal with it on the back end. And we we're right. like, oh, that sounds. <laughs> so, hey, hey, that sounds like a trap. But, yeah. uh, but oddly enough, it wasn't right. I mean, it was like, uh, nobody knew what to do. So it's, you know, if you had a good team to get, if you, you know, if you, you go walking in with a good team, it's like, uh, okay, we'll just manage it as best we can. So we've got an explanation for whatever happens. Yeah. I mean, it was the name of the game was make 60 to 70% alcohol and, and, uh, and donate as much as you can to first responders, anybody in the area that needed it, just kind of help supplement your local communities. And, um, you know, that was, that was great for us to be able to help people out. I mean, we we actually y'all need to come to an event we do in November called Bourbon Bash. Um, so we bring about eighteen distilleries here. Um, we raise about a hundred thousand dollars for the Green Beret Foundation. Um, full tastings, uh, live auction, silent auction, open bar, fully catered, uh, guest speakers, color guard. Uh, it's an amazing event. Um, we didn't get to do it last year, but. Um, so that was something that, that we're really looking forward to this year now that COVID's hopefully settling down and, uh, we can, we can get back into kind of everyday normal life. I hope. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. And that's called bourbon bash and it's in November. In November. Yep. That sounds great. Great. Saturday great yeah. Great time to be in Nashville. Well, I'm sorry. In Leapers Fork or Franklin, <laughs> uh, just South of Nashville, uh, golf weather should be. Uh, should be spot on there. We can sport our new Turtleson gear and, uh, you know, make sure we're getting comfortable. So that's going to work out fantastic. And Perfect. before Dan, before Dan has a chance to say no, once again, uh, invitation <laughs> accepted. Yes. Nice. That's right. Well, nice. I, once again, I said it on air. So, there you, you know, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, so let's, so you've got, uh, out of the whiskeys, um, and or bourbons, what's, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not asking for a favorite. But, you know, you've got them all on the shelf. What's your go-to? You talking Leaper's Fork or are you talking yeah. in general? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking Leaper's Fork right now. We'll get to the dirty stuff in, the, in a minute. <laughs> there you go. Uh, man, if I had a go-to and I had to pick something off of my shelf, um, it would – and I, we only have samples of it right now – is this weeded bourbon. I'm, I'm very excited about where it's headed. Um, we teamed up 
with Ashley Barnes and uh, Monica Wolf with the Spirits Group. Um, they are uh, Ashley was in um, a master or is a master blender up in Kentucky who's worked with uh, Four Roses, Buffalo Trace, and a lot of other really great brands that um, are probably on the shelf behind you there. And uh, she does an amazing job. She helped with this Tennessee whiskey. I'm excited to send her the samples for the bourbon because um, I think what if I can see what she's done with this Tennessee whiskey, what she's going to do with our bourbon is going to be even better. So um, keep a lookout for that. And I think June 15th is our date. We're looking to, to have that on the shelves and hitting distribution. Wow. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So how, how many releases do you have coming out um, in 2021? Yeah. So uh, we will have uh, another batch of the Tennessee whiskey coming out here in the next month or so. Um, we will have two batches of the bourbon followed up behind that. And then we will have go back into, um, some Tennessee whiskey towards uh, fourth quarter. Um, that's not to say that there's not going to be some single barrels that we've already flagged release here at the distillery and to some of the local uh, area liquor stores and maybe potentially some groups like y'all. Um, so we're not opposed to doing that. We're actually really excited about getting into the single barrel picks. Sure. Um, we wanted to get our flagship stuff out before we really kind of jump into that world. Um, just so we could really do it right. Um, but we've tagged about 10 different single barrels currently that are, are going to be hitting the marketplace. Um, hopefully this year we're working on getting a, a single barrel label approved through Cola. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then uh, um, after that, in the next year, uh, we ramp up even further. In the lifetime of the distillery, I think we've only ever dumped 42 barrels. Um, this year alone, we plan on dumping close to 100. Oh. Next year, that number almost doubles. So, um, hold, hold on. So you, you're saying you've only dumped 42 barrels total? Total, ever. So, yeah, we are, we are our ground floor. Um, so we will, we'll dump 20. No, it, it's not a negative thing. I mean, again, no, you know, we, we, when we, when we, when we open the show up and I'm like, Holy shit, are you guys patient? I'm like, That's <laughs> that, that just kind of blows me away. Right. That you're, yeah. you know, that you're sitting on uh, yeah. And it's a craft distillery, right? I mean, it, it's, it's relative, but that you're just sitting on, you know, this much juice and kind of like, Hey, when it's ready and it's right, that's when we're going to go. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Amazing, you know. man. Um, and I, I can't speak for Lee, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, our single barrels are going to be um, ca all cast strength. Um, yep. We want people to see what you're getting. Uh, we can hide a lot with proof through blending and other things. So um, we want you to see exactly what, what we're making. And um, so they'll probably be cast strength. Now we're going to the casket 110. So we're not talking yep. about things in the one, you know, 125 to 130 range. Um, but and we'll probably never barrel any or bottle anything here under 90 proof. Um, we're just, we just try to be as honest and open and, and let the juice speak for itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, and, and, and nor should you, what, what's the point, right? I mean, there's, well, I, I shouldn't say it like that. I, I guess there's people that have a different palate, but when you're drinking a lot of whiskey, you know, on, on a, on a regular basis, you know, you go to some of these 84s or 86s, what have you, even 90 right. or 91s. And not to say that it's not good, but, you know, if you're getting into those, you know, 100 plus, you, you, you just lose. There, there's something in the in that tasting experience that that just can't show up at right. that at that low of proof. And again, it doesn't mean that it's bad whiskey. I think just as your palate matures and 
you know, you get to a point to where, uh, it's like, I, I don't know what I really tasted there. I kind of lost the experience in the glass that, you know, it just, just couldn't hold up to it. Right. So, so yeah, right. I, yeah. Great. Uh, I, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And you know, in Tennessee whiskeys too, running through that Lincoln County process, we're act, I mean, it's like a giant whiskey Brita filter. So a lot of these Tennessee whiskeys, when you go into that bottle, um, you know, towards that 80 to 90 proof, it almost comes off compared to a, a bourbon as, as um, thin. Uh, I use the word watery, but that's not, you know, just, just to speak of texture, almost or viscosity. Sure. Um, you know, for us, we wanted to be a bold and robust Tennessee whiskey that kind of could sit next to Kentucky bourbon or, or a bourbon coming out of Texas or um, anywhere else where we're getting these very bold, robust flavors. We wanted, we wanted that Tennessee whiskey to stand up. Um, so I think, I hope we, we achieve that. Um, and, and I hope the the bourbon with that weeded characteristic might just be a little bit lighter, but, uh, in, in flavor, but, um, still packs a, a pretty full, robust, well-rounded quality to it. Yeah. Well, you did with this one for sure. Again, I mean, the mouthfeel, the, uh, yeah. And that's the, the crazy thing. So at a hundred proof, I mean, if you put this next to, uh, you know, pick any bottle of my bourbon I've got on the shelf, and the scary thing about this is it, it, you, there is no burn, man. That that malted that that toasted barley on this thing is just um, yeah, it, it's scary good, like trouble, uh, but <laughs> well, but, in a, but but in a good way, in a good way. Did you really wait to try it before the, during the podcast? I, I swear, no, no, I absolutely I wait to try, man. I, I very rarely. I'll send you more. So yeah, I'm like it. <laughs> I, I'll, I hope we'll have some single barrels for you to try soon. So um, we're excited about that too. Cool. Yeah. This thing is almost, I mean, now that it's opened it, cause so the bottle, I just opened it today and I, I mean, I could almost pour this over crushed ice and drink it and convince myself that this was like a, a whiskey and cola. Right. Okay. Yeah. Almost. Almost. You know, if I squeeze a lime or something on it, I don't know that I wouldn't be like, eh, eh, it's whiskey and cola. <laughs> it's, it's a different kind of cola, but uh, yeah. Hey, well, we, we actually had that conversation when we were, uh, we were, we're getting into the blending and about the proof. Uh, we, we usually do a lot of, we like blind uh, tastings here mm-hmm. when it comes to figuring out where we want to be. Um, so we were tasting at all different proof points, 92 and a half, 95, 97, five, 100, uh, 105 and, and, and so forth. So, um, you know, one of the things we said is, is we picked a different array of palettes that we have here at the distillery and, you know, a couple of our guys were like, it needs to stand up to ice. Um, and that was one of the important factors is like, it needs to be drank any way that anybody wants to drink it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was actually a conversation that was had was, Hey, Will this will this stand up to an ice cube? Um, I, I typically drink neat, but I mean, this is one. When we get done, I'm definitely going to pour some over ice. I I think it might. Um, so two things: one, some the longer this thing sits in the barrel, holy shit, is it going to get better? And, and I think a cube in this thing is going to. I don't know that it's going to make it better. But I do think it is going to change the profile in a way that enhances kind of all those nuances that you're getting from that barley in there. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks. Um, our, our goal is seven to nine years. Um, so that'll be the baseline of all of our products. We hold back about 40 percent stock every year um, just so that way we can we can get there a little bit quicker. Um, but like we said, if it's, it, when we get around to these, some of these batches here uh, throughout this year and even next year, if it's not ready, it's not coming out, um, yeah. you know. 
we'll, we'll, we'll shoot ourselves in the foot just to make sure that it is a, uh, a quality product. So no, no, don't, don't discount yourself because that that's not what you're doing. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's good. You know, it's, I'm excited to hear that there's a vision and there there's a path and Hey, here's who we want to be. Right. And it, if we're not distributed in every state, we're good with that. If we're not, uh, you know, if we, if, if we, if we run out of barrels, okay, well, we'll, or bottles, we'll make more or we'll fill more. But I mean, to, to know kind of where you, where you are and where you want to be and where you're going. I mean, that's, that's a foundation that's kind of hard to get to, right? Because I mean, it's things, you know, you, the buzz starts to build and, you know, it's pretty easy just to be like, well, you know, we may, we may want to kind of reroute ourselves, but you know, I mean, if you, if, if you, you know, if you hold true to that and stay down that path, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think good stuff stuff to come and, and, and looking forward to, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying more of this. Yeah. Thank you. You know, the hard part, we've seen a little pressure from, um, it seems like every day there's about five different brands that are hitting the, the shelves from, uh, you know, MGP or, or yeah. Tennessee Dilling or wherever they're coming from, not to say that they're not great products, um, right. as well. They all have their, you know, something unique and great about them. And everyone's got, you know, it, it's really awesome to see some of these, these new brands that, that even are just source blending, you know, they're doing their own thing. Um, it's great to see that we felt a little pressure, you know, on that side of going, man, when do we put this out? Like, is it ready yet? Versus do we just need to, to get that rent space on that shelf? And, uh, I, I think, we, we've tried, we've held true to it's not coming out until it's ready. Well, at this and, point you're committed, right? I mean, you, you've waited, right. you've waited this far. It's like, well, hell we might as well, we're, we're going to stay with their original plan and, and where we're going to go. And so, but to your point in talking about some of these other, um, you know, you, you don't have necessarily distillers, you've got, you got blenders, right? And I think is equally as good for you as it is for them, because it's, you know, it's the days of, you know, the, I mean, look at the top sellers, right? I mean, you know, Jack and Evan, you can run down the list, you know, and, and, it, and, and that's all well and good. And as you can see, but, you know, behind me, uh, brand loyalty, I probably got some, uh, I, I've got some that I gravitate to more than others just from the profile, but I, I prefer the experience of trying something different, which when I saw this, I'm like, well, shit, I got to go down that road. Let's, uh, let's get connected <laughs> with these folks. Right. But, right. uh, but well, and, and too, because it's like, well, where am I going to get that at? By the way, steelbox.com. Um, I think, or maybe drink but either way we'll, we'll copy that at the end. Um, but it, it's, it's the, that whole, craft versus, you know, the big, uh, I'll just say big five for ease of use. It's, it's definitely, you know, leading people to the, you know, listening to these kind of conversations and leading them to this bottle, leading them to leaper's fork and having that experience. And, you know, as, as you guys, you know, as you talk about regularly, it's, uh, it's friends and family and it's about the experience and what's in the bottle. Exactly. So, you know, we're okay with being whiskey rich and cash poor. No, we're, 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 we're just, we're really excited to see the industry, uh, growing. We're excited to see, especially in Tennessee, you know, we talked about, yeah. uh, a lot of young distillers and a lot of really great product that's going to be coming out soon. And, um, you know, it's it just the rising tide floats all ships. So, I mean, if you don't have a, a huge investor or a pocket full of cash, what do you do? You start sourcing and you use that to, you know, to, to work into sure. starting your distillery. So it's just a good start to see, 
um, you know, more distilleries to come in the future. And, and it's glad to, I'm happy to see whiskeys coming out from all, you know, all 50 states. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's some great product coming out of the Washington. There's some great product yeah. coming out of Virginia and uh, Texas. You know, and so I can't tell you how many people walk through our door and they're like, you guys can't make bourbon down here. It's only in Kentucky. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, uh, the Kentucky Board of Tourism wants to thank a lot of people for that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what, though, but it's that's why I think it's important for you know conversations like this and people to be able to hear it is because, you know, to your point, I mean, people are like, oh, well, you, you know, if it's if it doesn't have Kentucky on the label, it can't be bourbon. And that, that that is absolutely not true. That is not written and not a requirement anywhere. And and I think that, the, you know, this these are the kind of things that helps to educate, uh, educate the, you know, the, the person that's consuming it. And, and, and also it's, you know, how else you, you know, how do you spread the word and, and how do you let people know that again, I mean, so I'm drinking the bottled and bond, uh, whiskey, which, which has barley in it. I personally like, but if you don't like that barley flavor, that might not be, you might want to try another expression from leapers fork. Right. I mean, so those are good things where you can have a, uh, a constructive, uh, you know, you, you can have some uh, construct a constructive conversation that helps to educate people that don't leave someone with a bad impression of the label. Right, right, exactly. You know, and, and we understand everyone that walks through our door is is not going to be a whiskey drinker or necessarily not going to like the barley aspect. We we understand that and we get. You know, we try to educate as much as possible during our tours and our tastings about um, it's okay to not be a whiskey drinker and it's okay to educate yourself nowadays. Like you said, brand loyalty doesn't really exist anymore uh, when it comes to what we're drinking. Um, But bourbon's finally getting a fair shot in the United States. You know, for so long, it was so many other things. And um, finally getting this chance to. Uh, you know, Tennessee, we still live under the three-tier franchise distribution laws that were from 1933. Hopefully, we maybe those will change in the soon. Uh, change soon. We don't. We don't know, but at least there's other people that are getting into this industry, and there's a, and then there's a large following of folks that just love to drink it. Um, so, everyone's. You know, you don't have to necessarily always. People used to drink what their parents drank or didn't want to drink what their parents drank, right? Uh, my in-laws, they, they're from Kentucky. They're, my, uh, my wife's great-grandfather helped start the Melwood Distillery, which um, he was the vice president, which sold to Brown Foreman to create Old Forester. Oh. Um, but my in-laws drank Kentucky Gentlemen. Uh, you know, they, they, they drink. Well, now hold on. You could have stared them in a different direction there. <laughs> they drink old Forrester now. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging out Kentucky gentlemen. I'm just saying there are, there are different bottles at the same price point. That might be a little bit better. We, we, I saw, well, that was the thing. So forever before I even met my wife, that's all they drank was Kentucky gentlemen. They were brand loyal to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, for, for many different reasons, price and, and, you know, you could buy it in bulk and things like that. But now I've gotten them. They call me all the time. Hey, I just bought this old Forester uh, single barrel cast strength. It's 134 proof. What is, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> right, like, right. There's things on the market now and everyone's doing something different that, you know, you might, all, we get a lot. I'm only a Jack drinker and I'll, I will always only be a Jack drinker. Right. And they sit down and they're like, what is this? Like, I didn't know there was other Tennessee whiskeys. <laughs> right. uh, 
we're yeah. getting this, you know, people are starting to educate themselves and it's nice. It's kind of relieving in the industry. to see. It, it's fun, right? I mean, it, and it's fun to see people that get kind of that aha moment or that look on their face when it's like, Holy shit. I've been drinking not, and I'm not dogging out Jack Daniels whatsoever. I mean, perfectly good, perfectly good whiskey. But when you see somebody that's like, Whoa, what, what was, I mean, it's like, it's like this, right. I mean, with the, with the barley note in it and you hand it to somebody and it's like, I don't, would I drink that every day? Maybe not. But if I want a little, if I want to change it up a little bit and kind of, you know, kind of refresh my palate, let me go over here. And then when you go back to that Jack Daniels, does it taste different? It, it would, it does to me often that I find if I'm kind of stuck on something and I'm like, you know, that's kind of my go-to right. and then I, and then I move in a different direction and then I come back to it. It doesn't taste different in a bad way, but it does oftentimes allow me to kind of experience other nuances in the juice that, that, that I didn't get before because my palate was just so numb and I was expecting, you know, just, just the repeat of what was happening. Yeah. You know, one of the things coming from the wine world, I associate a lot of things, just like a lot of people do, um, with, with food, um, with experiences, you know, what you smell and taste is something that reminds you of an experience that you've had. Um, so like growing up as a kid, my parents were winos, right? They are big wine people. And so, um, you know, they, they by the way, this is being recorded. I know, I know. That's okay. <laughs> they know it. They're functioning dependents. They show up to work. Um, so, like they, um, I was about 12 years old and they would, they would hand me a glass of wine and they said, is this white or red? And then that was the first question, right? Super easy. Right. You move on. And then they'd go, okay, smell it. Now, what do you smell? You've eaten something that's, that smells like this before. Sure. You've tasted something. You've, you've experienced something that this before. And then it got to do, okay, taste it. Now, what do you taste that you've had before? Not just wine or alcohol. What have you tasted before? you know, in food or in something you've smelled yeah. or, you know, and so it kind of grew my palate that way. And that's one thing that, I, you know, when you go and you try different, these different brands, especially now that we, we have the ability to do flights and tastings at a lot of our, our, our craft, you know, restaurants and bars and stuff. Um, it, it really changes the experience when it's paired against another brand too, in a good way. Uh, it's no, you know, yeah. it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of a, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the kind of the takeaway for me is, you know, it's and you know, just in, in myself, right. And it, it is called birdies and bourbon, but you know, the, and I, I'm not that good at golf. So I try to, I, you know, my, my competitiveness, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, uh, it's young in some areas just because, ah, eh, shit, I know I ain't got to win that one. But, you know, when you're talking about tasting and it, I'm going in a direction, by the way, if we're coming up on a time frame that you have to go, you let us know. Hey, uh, I'll, Forever, so you all cut me off whenever you want. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you screwed up with saying that. Because uh, Dan, he'll talk. Now, I mean, Dan, uh, exactly. Dan, Dan hasn't even started just, going yet. When did we get to the second half of the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I mean, but just in, you know, it's like, and it's, it, you mentioned blind tasting earlier, and, and we do that with some guests on the show, right? So we're, we put them together and, and my partner, she's kind enough to go through the hassle of labeling and doing things. So I don't know what it is either. And, and, and we actually like to mix it up, right? You might get a rye, you might get something that's, uh, that's barrel finished. You might get bourbon, who knows what you're going to get, but, but you get it. And it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun walking in with no expectations. And, you know, I don't really consider anybody winners and losers. I, I mean, I know people get awards and people get silvers and golds and whatever stars and stuff stickers on, on the labels, but 
it, it's to me, it's what wins is what tastes best. And again, and in, in most experiences, to your point, like, you know, you're relate, you're, you're tasting something and you're probably relating it back to an experience. It's well, that's what happened that day. And in that tasting, taste it again tomorrow, taste it again next week, taste it again next month. And I mean, hell, it could be something completely different. And I, I think that's really the fun part about uh, that whole blind tasting experience, which by the way, if you want to send us over a blind flight and we can get, back I, on, I, go I almost that. did. I, I had some samples pulled that I was going to send blind to y'all. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'll, we'll do that next time. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, so, so if, if we repeat, if the after show goes good, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are definitely, we're definitely up for that. I mean, we would love to dig into some of those experimental casks and, uh, whether we can or can't talk about them, I mean, we can talk about the tasting notes and kind of what we get and, and what, you know, what have you, but, uh, I, I would love to go through that with you guys and, and what you're doing. And by the way, the longer I sit here and stare at you, I'm like this, I, I feel like we got Bubba Watson on the show. <laughs> I, 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 I hope you're uh, at least a Bubba fan. So, or maybe his brother, but just yeah. saying. We did the, uh, uh, the bourbon road podcast with, with Mike Hyatt, uh, big chief. We love them. They're great people, man. He, uh, when I had my beard and my longer hair, he was like, you look like Forrest Gump when he got tired. And I, I, people have been calling me here at the distillery, the Forrest Gump of bourbon. And I'm like, please don't. (laughs) Jesus before I'm like that. We're not going to start that. Like (laughs) now it's bubble Watson. Great. (laughs) I I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I think if you go visor next time, I'm thinking you could, uh, I I think you're getting on the legends course. Course, uh, like you're just walking up with your bag, man. You need ping, you need ping clubs yeah. and a visor, and I think you're uh, playing for free until they catch on. Yeah, man, because I'm still putting with my grandfather's 1970 Zebra Dodge Ram putter. He wanted a bar, so nice. <laughs> nice. All right, yeah. so we're, so we're going down a different road. We'll we'll recap in a second on on the Leapers Fork stuff. So you mentioned it earlier. What I ask from a Leapers Fork perspective, but um, on your home bar. If you're not yep. drinking Leapers Fork, and, and hey, and by the way, um, you know, just because you work for a certain distillery, does as we've been talking about, doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out and drink other stuff, right? It, it's not like, hey, I work for I work for Ford, I can only drive a Ford. It's like, no, you should. I, I think, in my opinion, you should be drinking whatever you like to drink, right? Hey, I drink I drink more other brands than I drink our own. Uh, it's market research, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. I work at, it, it. Well, is that, uh, it, can you expense that? Yeah, I, I wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe an idea. You may want to bring that up. Man, my wife is going to kill me if I bring any more bottles home. I, I, took, over, <laughs> I took over a closet and we're about to take, I'm about to take over a home in the room. But, um, <laughs> if I'm sitting at home and I'm, I'm having a poor, um, I'm a big fan of old Forrester. Um, I'm, you know, Lee explained it to me one time. And like, I feel I'm kind of the same way. I'm a process guy, not necessarily a brand guy. So um, I like how something's made, not necessarily who's making it. So, um, you know, Ashley Barnes did the blending on the Penelope uh, Rosé wine cast finish. If you haven't tried it, it's totally different, right? You probably got a bottle sitting right there, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's a great pour. It's fantastic. It's got like this, this, this kind of really like strawberry cherry. What's that pink starburst um, kind of flavor to? Yes, it's totally different. Um, I love what Penelope's doing. I love um, 
Old Foes, Old Fine Whiskey, right? They do a great job with that. Their 86 is great. Their 100 proof is great. Um, what else I got my bar? New Riff. I love New Riff. I like what they're doing too. Um, they're great guys. Um, and then I, t- I try to drink some local stuff too. You know, I like to compare our stuff. Uh, we actually started, they're not local, but we started um, comparing we did blind tastings against peerless rye when we were releasing our rye and we kind of, they were going to be in the same price range. You know, we wanted to kind of see where we stood up. And, um, so, you know, I, I, I went down a rye kick for a little while and now I think, uh, you know, Elijah Craig rye was, was, was a good one. Um, you know, I just kind of, I, I kind of sip a little bit of everything, man. The only thing I can't figure out when the right time to open it. And I got to open it with the staff here at the distillery is a Mictors 20. That's just like, and, you know, Lee gave it nice. to me at a Christmas party that I'm just like, I just, I can't bring myself to open it to drink, you know, a couple hundred dollars to taste. So <laughs> you, you'll know, you'll know when it's the right time and you're, okay. you got, you're going to release, you guys are going to release uh, 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 an expression and it's going to hit you and you're going to be like, eh, hell, here it is. You, you, yeah. You'll know, man, it, it'll we'll, happen upon you. We'll get, I'll probably, we'll probably end up bringing it to bourbon bash and just like, <laughs> I never will just say go. Uh, that, that sounds like the worst thing you've said so far. <laughs> that, that sounds like the worst thing anybody has said so far on this show. And, uh, you know what? Easy come, easy go. And, you know, whiskey, uh, is meant to be shared. You know, the only thing you do to ruin it is put in that bottle. So, uh, it's one of those things that, that the same thing with wine, you know, I, I, I collect wine, but, We'll be sitting at home. My wife's like, "Hey, you want to have a, a, a you know a glass of wine?" I'm like, "Shoot!" I mean, usually it's me asking, but yeah. uh, I'm like, "Let's open up, you know, what a, a Camus, Artemis. We want to open anything. Like, I mean, or let's open up a you know a box wine. Who cares? Let's Where, just try." Where- Where's the, oh, you probably saw that box of wine over there. That's, uh, but it's like, hey, go ahead and crack the Screaming Eagle. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, hey, you know what? See, oh. that, that, you said collecting, and I'm like, I don't, I don't collect anything, really. I'm, I'm trying to think if I'm actually a collector. Now, what I, I will do is I will buy and I will hold things because right. who knows what, how long you're going to be able to get it. But I wouldn't, right. say I, I wouldn't say I'm collecting it. I'm just, uh, I'm prepping. Hey, exactly right. I'm collecting experiences that are in that bottle, right? Exactly. Uh, it's it's about that experience. Some we we remember, some we forget, um, and that's okay. <laughs> so, absolutely. I, you know, I like to actually. I, if I if I had a choice, I would never drink the same thing twice. Um, I would always try something new if I had the chance to. Um, I love that. So, I mean, I, I think that that you kind of rob yourself of an experience if you get locked into one thing and that, whether that's whiskey, wine, food, anything, anything. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's all about the experiences that, that we get. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, th- there's so many people I know that are like, this is my go-to. And I, I just, I don't think I really have one, um, that I would say that I, I sip on constantly. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably more prepared to answer what I wouldn't drink than what I would drink. I won't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I won't go down that road. No, no, no. I, I, that, I wasn't asking. I was just, yeah, that was just me making a statement. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, uh, so we got that. Uh, are you a golfer? Man. Um, I didn't say a good golfer. I just said a golfer. Hey, you know, I'm one of those guys that uh, I can keep up. I just, uh, I, I, this is probably this year. I probably golf more than I ever have in my life. My brother-in-law, I live across the street from a golf course. Nice. Um, 
uh, it's, uh, they're redoing everything. So I'm really excited. I'm more excited about they're putting in a bar and grill than, you know, they're <laughs> greens, but, um, it's, it's, it's a really nice course. They're doing a really great job with it. Um, for so long growing up, it was not the nicest course that you would go to. Um, now can, they've, can you say the name? You may not want to, but we can talk about it after if you want. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, uh, Kings Creek, um, Kings Creek golf course in, um, in Spring Hill, Tennessee. So, <laughs> Um, they are, I'm so excited to see what they're doing. I played the course four times in the last four weeks. Um, they, that every time I play, it's constantly getting better just in the matter of a week. Um, and so I'm excited to see what happens. You know, they're, they're a, a $50, you know, around kind of course. Yeah, muni course. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's nice that I can, I can go there and play around be home by noon and, and literally walk home if I, you know, we're yeah, sure. on the course. Um, but you know, I, my brother-in-law has really got me into it. I, I just, I took a, uh, I went to Michigan state, right. So, uh, you know, it was all go green, go white, can't read, can't write. So, um, I decided to have you know, golf, golf. I couldn't get into Michigan. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, was, I took a golf for business course. Right. And so for me, my dad's been in sales his whole life. He was like, Hey, you got to learn how to play golf because my grandfather was the same way you're going to do business deals on the golf course. sales happen on the golf course. Right. It's that old school saying, right. Um, I, and, and that's how I got into golf and, and, you know, some days are better than others. It's I try, but I, I, I just have a good time with it. You know? Yeah. Ask Dan. So Dan had to buy a bigger golf bag because he realized that his uh, previous golf bag wasn't, um, it wasn't, it didn't hold enough balls for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, so it, it wasn't it wasn't about the amount of clubs it can hold no. it was about the amount of balls it can hold right yeah i mean i was playing with my buddy the other day and he hands me he, he's a physical therapist and one of his clients um works for uh crown royal and so he gave him pro v1s with the crown royal logo on them nice and he was like man here's one you got to try it like hitting a pro v versus what you normally hit it's it's gonna be so much better uh, it makes a difference. Right. And I'm like, I can't afford pro V's. So he's like, do it, hit it on a hole that you're not going to lose it. <laughs> I step up, <laughs> launch it straight into the water. And he's like, I told you not to use it. On this hole. I was like, Hey man, it hit really well. <laughs> like, <"Yep." laughs> nice. So, I, I really, really felt that one. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, but have you played, uh, so from key and I was just looking up, um, Kings Creek and I can't, particularly place where it's at, but is there like, um, uh, the legends or the, what is it? Nashville, uh, the Franklin golf, uh, the bridge, we got the bridge, which was used to be forest crossing, but they can't, I don't, they changed names and ownership. And, um, uh, so the bridge at Franklin's great. There's, um, uh, the Vanderbilt legends. Um, is what about, great. is it the Nashville golf and tennis club? Yeah. Yeah. Nashville club is right up that way. That's, okay. that's, Closer on the north side of Franklin into Brentwood. Um, we're on the south side of Franklin. Okay, uh, I got you. General Motors plan is. And oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That way. So, yeah. Um, we're right off 65 in Saturn Parkway. So, um, it's a good little course. I mean, there's there's a lot of small little courses, but we're getting Nashville, Franklin, Middle Tennessee has turned into a melting pot. I mean, yeah. there's everybody yeah. from everywhere. So, um, all of our industries are, are growing. And so, we've seen. Uh, you know, we got a top golf in Nashville. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, 
you know, great concept. Whoever came up with that, but um, I mean, like, right. I'm, I'm actually blending a little of this Penelope. Uh, hey, try it, man. I love no, it. I'm, I'm, bl- I'm blending it with the, um, with this, but I think it's going to be actually pretty good. So we, uh, you know, we're getting all these, all these golf courses are starting to get under new ownership and we're getting a lot more, uh, financial backing into kind of the golf world around here a little bit, I would say. I mean, I don't know too much about that and can't speak too much about it, but I've seen it in my own backyard. So I can only imagine, you know, some of these other courses, but, uh, I was golfing two weeks ago and I saw, have you seen these bags that are remote controlled? No. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. The, the little buggy things that they they're hooked. Yeah. They're hooked to a little, like a receiver and you, yeah. you put it on your pocket and the thing just like runs down the thing, but it doesn't get too far away from you. No, like how many beers do you have to sneak into a course so you can't even carry your own back, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can drink. Can you drink that many and still play golf? Oh if you gosh. can, we oh, want to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, I saw them and I was like, this is the, like to see on our little course, you know, in, in Murray County is, I was like, this is, this is insane. Something's happening. <laughs> and those things are expensive, man. I mean, they're like $1,500, $2,000. I mean, for like the, 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 the cheap base model. So yeah, it, it was pretty interesting to see. I haven't seen that on a course yet. So, nice. um, but I'm sure everyone that listens to y'all is probably rolling around with one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, I'm like, uh, you know, oddly enough, I don't, I don't prefer to put my golf bag on a unit. Uh, if I'm, uh, where do I walk at? I walk with my buddy up at, um, uh, shit, the name, uh, the name's escaping me of his club, but anyway, it's up in Duluth, Georgia. And, uh, I, I walk there with him and I sometimes, and I carry the bag. And when I go to Sweetens Cove, I carry my bag. Right. Ooh, by the way, Sweetens Cove, this may be an off the air comment, even though we're on the air comment. So, <laughs> um, so her buddy is, um, uh, Matt Adamski, he's the GM there at Sweden's. Have you played Sweden's yet? No. <laughs> it, up until recently, they would not have allowed me to even get in the party. Oh, line. no, no. You would be fine. Oh, no, 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 sir. You, I, I, I've got to look and see if I've got your phone number, and I'll send you some uh, some pictures. That, not not those kind of pictures. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> but I'll send you – no, no. Adamski is great. So we're actually thinking about doing a tur- – well, we're in conversation with doing a tournament with okay. um, with Turtles on Apparel. Yeah. And uh, and doing it at Sweetens because Turtleson's based out of Bristol, Tennessee. So, you know, all the way to the right side of the state for you guys, but still a Tennessee brand, et cetera. And, you know, talking about laying a barrel down, uh, that could be something really, really cool if we did with Turtleson and did a private barrel pick. And we had it available at a tournament that we did in Sweetens Cove. Um, and, and I do live in Atlanta now, but I'm originally, uh, an East Tennessee guy, a green County born and raised. So, uh, I think there's a lot of synergies right there that we could kind of circle that up and, uh, you know, at least, at least if nothing else, it'll be damn good whiskey and, and a golf and golf. So like, if you guys would be interested in laying a a barrel down for us, like we'd really like to get, uh, get the folks at Turtleson on board. And in Bristol, I mean, that's, um, if, if that's a do, and I don't know, we probably would do it in like September or October. So yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how much time you guys need, but you know, if we can kind of get this thing wrapped up by say the end of May, would that be enough time for you guys to lay one down? I mean, if you could. Yeah. Um, we, that's definitely what we're talking about for sure. I mean, we, uh, 
you know, we've got these these single barrels coming to age. I also want to get you guys to fill one now, so in four years comes around, it's ah, like, hey, that's coming cool. out that we we did. We were there at the distillery, filled it, signed it. But another thing we can do too is, you know, if if we don't have enough time to do that, because we got to go through all the the you know licensing to get those things labeled. Yeah. Uh, which which is weird because the TTB and cola can be anywhere from we had a two day turnaround to you know two month turnaround. So it just depends on how backed up they get. Um, if we can do it, that would be awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely do our damnedest to, to get it done. And we'll definitely talk about that. Um, the, uh, the other thing we can do is man, I'll even drop a empty barrel down there, let everyone at the tournament sign it and everything like that. We'll bring it back and fill it the next day and tuck it away for four years and then let y'all come period. We'll, we'll periodically send you samples, let you try it. Oh, no, 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 like, no, hey. no, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you can drive the barrel down there, but you're playing in the tournament. <laughs> exactly. Man, you don't want the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hey, that, that's where you're wrong because that's where you're missing. You're missing the fact of the spirit of Sweetens Cove. And I'm, I'm telling you, dude, when, when Madamski says the only thing that matters is keep up, and have a good time. That's it. Yep. It, you, you could, you couldn't, you, you, you could not make it any more clearer than what it is. And if you overcomplicate it, you're, you're shortchanging yourself on an experience of a lifetime. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm, and I'm, I'm just, and, yeah, and, I'm, no, and we'll sign it. I will even put a, uh, we'll, we'll do like your, your, um, your logo and everything on the head cap. We'll sign. We'll bring it down there. Let all you guys sign it and everything. I'll fill it the next day. Send y'all a bunch of pictures from our photographer. And even if you guys want to come back and fill it, we'll hold it because we can hold it. Well, I'm just thinking. I mean, we're already right there. I mean, why wouldn't we just come up there and help you fill it? Yeah, exactly. So whatever y'all want to do, man. Hey, I'm willing to. I'm willing to to do anything. That sounds amazing. That sounds fun. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, we're open to, to, you know, try trying to things out and, you know, just have fun with it. So it's kind of what all this is about. I told my wife, I said, uh, we just got back from vacation uh, Sunday night. We landed at like 1130 PM and she was like, man, I got to go to work tomorrow. I was like, I get to go to work tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is fun. That's cool, man. Yeah. But Hey, so no shit, man. We would love to, like, if you want to send us some samples, uh, like we would love to get into some samples with you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll look into what I got. And, um, you know, some of these things, there's some samples that we're we're keeping really close to the cuff because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. ready. Um, we know they're not ready. And, you know, there's other things, too. Like, if you were to come up here and I was in the back doing what I was doing today and, and pulling barrel samples with, with Greg. Um, and then I got to mention Kendra, too. Kendra is, uh, is our fermentation and mash cooking. She's the other part of our, our team out back. Um, she is fantastic at her job. She's unbelievable. Uh, without her, Greg and I couldn't do the distillation and, and, and barreling side of things, proofing side of things. So, um, but if we're in the back doing that, pulling samples, you know, that's what we let you try. We say, Hey, listen, it's not ready. We know it's not ready, but you know, we want you to see where it's going to give you an idea about what, what might happen in the future. So, um, that's not something we're opposed to doing either. You know, it's, we, we, won't put anything in a bottle until it's ready. That doesn't mean we won't sample things. <laughs> so, well, I mean, how do you know if it's ready or not? Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's, and that's one thing that we're not y'all like people like y'all in the podcast world and the influencers and the Instagrammers and the people that are truly whiskey drinkers that really invest some of their time and a lot of their time into doing what you're doing. You know, y'all are our, our, our 
our guinea pigs. Y'all are our, our test market. Y'all are the people that yeah. we're trying to appeal to. So, you know, I, I put out a lot of time. I put our labels on our, our Instagram page. Um, you know, I, I do all of our social media. I don't know why they chose me, but, um, I do all of our social media and, uh, um, you know, I, I put the labels out there and go, what do you want to see as a consumer? You know, what, what information do you want on that label that you don't see? And that's something we're open to get that feedback. The more, the more you can give, I think the better off you are, because I think there are so many people that, and I don't know if they're doing it because they're, they're traditionalists and, and they just, you know, think about the Jack Daniels label, right? And it's like, Hey, you know, and it's like old, old Nashville number seven. And it's like the seven doesn't really have anything to do with the age of the whiskey. Okay. But it, it's it's the that traditionalist thing and and I think today as we are uh, as the consumer is more educated I think that really gets us into a position is the more you tell me even if it's sourced I don't care anymore that it's sourced whiskey and you didn't make it right. and and you were only the blender what I do care about is that you might have hid that from me and you may have misled me or you may have allowed me to mislead myself into, oh, hey, look at this. And I, and I think it's really more the guy or the, the person that brings this bottle in. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this new distillery. This is so this is a bad example. But this is <laughs> this is. Oh, my God, look at this new distillery. You're going to love this stuff. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Is that a distillery? Right. You know, right. and, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with that whole sourced aspect of it. And there's some great shit. Smoke wagon. Holy shit, man. Uncut, unfiltered. Pour it oh. on, baby. Pour it on. Talking about smoke wagon with um, uh, Travis at over uh, overpriced bourbon. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking, he was here yesterday and we were talking about it and he was like, man, what they're doing is great. They can't keep up. And, I'm yeah. like, and they're very honest, you know, which is awesome too. When every time, like when I get a bottle, the first thing I do is I look at the back. I don't look at the front anymore. To me, that's, that's not necessarily as important, but you know, bottled by distilled by and produced by are all different things. Right. So that's one thing we run on the back 100% distilled and bottled by Leapers for distillery. Awesome. Now it's yeah. a bottle and bond. So, you know, it has to come from our facility, but, right. uh, and that's why we did bottle and bond, but we wanted to make sure that everything was very transparent, even on our, I wish I had a bottle of our, our source brand with me, but, um, even that, like we said, we told the distributor, don't sell it. If you get, you know, uh, if you get a, uh, an order, fill it, but don't actively go out and sell it. Um, but we tell the story on the side, Bar you know, pre, you know, barrels matured in the state of Tennessee from a different distillery. We put on the back, you know, all the information is very honest about what it is. And, and, you know, it, there's some labels out there and labels are confusing. And it's funny, Cola and the TTB, it depends on who you get. I mean, we weren't going to put on our rye that we did, um, which, which turned out great. And we sold out pretty quickly. I mean, but we, um, we weren't going to write straight on the bottle. There was for us, we, we already had the age statement on the bottom, right? So why would we write straight? It was three years and two months. Everyone knows it's over two years old at that point when it says it on the, on the front. And so, but we were told we had to write straight on the label. Because uh, you didn't, because you didn't add anything to it other than, other than water. Well, it, it could have been that reason, but you know, that was it. it straight really only means over yeah. two years. 
And so it's, it's more of a pride statement that you should be able to put on your bottle instead of being forced to put it on your bottle. It made right. our label actually look kind of off, not off, but it, oh, was just, yeah. I it, it, it fluttered the, the top label here. Yeah, and yeah, so, sure. No, we didn't necessarily want to write that. We were at the end of the day, we were happy that we did. But it's just one of those things. It depends on who you get at Colon TTB and what they're feeling that day. And you know, it's 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 all different about who releases what and what you put on your label. And you know, I, I would love to see more transparency on labels um, instead of me going, "Hey, let me Google that brand and go to their website and see what they got to say about it." Well, I, I think that's what's going to propel, you know, you, you guys or, or push push folks like yourself in the craft, craft distillery world. I, I think that's what kind of kind of gets you to the next level is, um, you know, you're, you're waiting, you're making decisions on um, it's not it's not when it's time. Uh, let's see. It's not when it's time. It's if it's time. And, right. and here's exactly what we're, what we have in the bottle. And, and I think those are things that are, I, I mean, quite frankly, and I, I don't know that I've heard this term before, but I, for me as a whiskey drinker, it's entertaining to me. It's entertaining to me that I don't have to go and use some piece of some, some electronic device to know and trust what's in the bottle. And, and I think that, I mean, this is, as you know, I mean, just like leapers fork, right. I mean, this is as old school, uh, getting back to the, to the Scots Irish roots of, uh, Hey, get, you know, give me a vessel, give me a, uh, get, get, give me juice and give me a body and you can make this thing happen. And I, you know, I can pick this bottle up and I don't need to do anything except for open it and drink it. And, and the goal, you know, the kind of the inspiration behind that label, too, is we thought old school prescription bottle, right? It has all the information you need to know right in front of you. Very and cool. that was the hanging tag was a was a kind of we added that for the bottle and bond act that, you know, some people might take that off, throw it away. But we just wanted people to understand that what the bottle and bond act was. And for us, we're not priding ourselves necessarily on the fact that it's bottle and bond. We're priding ourselves on the fact that the name on the front is who made it and came from our distillery. Uh, and that was, it was a purity statement. That was the whole reason we did that entire bottle and bonnet. We, we wanted to make sure that you as a consumer knew that this was not blended with anything else because there are some brands that are making and blending and, you know, and that helped. We see a lot of feedback from people going, Hey, y'all are four years old and you got an $85 bottle. Um, you know, I'm not willing to pay that. We understand. We get that. But you may, us, not, you may not be for everybody. And we're to- in in a way we're totally okay with that. We wish we were for everybody, right? Um, but we're okay with the fact that we know that we're a limited quality product, and we might not be doing it the best way. Uh, we're just doing it the way that we know how to do it. And that's not saying that we're better than any other brand or any other brands better than us. We're all so different. You could take everything that we do here and buy the property next door and set it up exactly the same way your whiskey will still taste different from ours. And so that's why, and, and we would tell you every secret there is out there to do it. Um, but th- there's, there's like we said, we're going back around in a circle, but there's, there's no uh, competition in this industry when it comes to uh, how fraternal we are, you know, but everything, everything tastes so different yeah. that it's okay. Uh, you know, it's okay if we're not for everybody. And it's okay if people don't like our brand, we understand that. Um, you know, we wish they would, we would, we would love to have the opportunity to sit down and talk, but usually when, when we do podcast groups, uh, you know, podcasts and, and Instagram stuff. And, um, my first thing is when people reach out and they say, Hey, can we, you know, just do a show with you guys? I always say, please come to the distillery. 
Yeah. I want to you the distillery. Uh, I, he, his exact words were, swing by when you're around. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love showing people the distillery because it's part of who we are. It's part of, of our story. It's part of what goes into that bottle. Um, and so there, there's, I mean, our, our distillery, I don't know if you've seen pictures, it's mortise and tenon. It's held together by arches and pegs. Um, we're, we built the building to be in the same style that you would have been distilling pre-prohibition. Mm. Uh, we wanted, every, that's why this tasting room in is, was built in 1825, the bar top or floorboards out of a, uh, um, a tavern that was burned down in Bourbon County, Kentucky. Wow. Uh, during the civil war. Um, so it, everything in here has a reason and a purpose. And that's why usually I say, Hey guys, um, come to the distillery. I want to show you before we sit down and, and do something like this. Um, you know, and, and, and every situation is different. I'm glad we're, we're on the show with you guys, but I, I really want you to come and see what we have to offer. It's, it's a, it, it kind of takes our story and our, our bottle full picture. Um, and not just us competing as a brand on a shelf. Uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of our, our goal is like we said, friends and family, um, we don't have, you know, customers, guests, or, you know, anything else. It's, it's once you come here, our hope is that you leave feeling a part of what we're doing here. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we, we do not want to be virtual friends. I will tell you that, uh, <laughs> we want to be in-person friends and we want a round of golf for sure. Uh, Natchez trace, uh, go, uh, country club. We're heading your way sometime soon. So Chris, uh, get the damn tea time set up, bud. Um, so I got a member there that, uh, that'll take care of us. We got the old oh, man. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, I think our, our general manager's husband is actually a member there. So oh, we'll, uh, cool. He'll have to meet you over there and we'll oh, yeah. T- tell him, tell him to look up a guy named Chris and, uh, he'll know enough about and once the show drops, he'll know who I am. I don't want to get too much away if, uh, if this is the part that drops, but, uh, but yeah, he'll, he'll know enough and, uh, but, but fantastic, man. So, uh, so hold on. So Matt King, uh, from leapers fork distillery, uh, what did we, did we miss any of that? I don't th- <laughs> you, uh, number two, thank you for, uh, you know, overextending your time with us. I appreciate it. And my, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it turns out. And, uh, I always love getting to sit down and, and get other people's opinions on what we're doing too. So you well, know, your, is- your part's going to come out fine. Dan always says my part comes out horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good, man. All good. Uh, hold on. So where, where do they find you? You want to give us a rundown? Uh, how do they, how do they, how do they buy leapers fork? How do they get to leapers fork? What, what's, uh, what, what's the, the nine one one there? Yeah. So, um, our website is just www.leapersforkdistillery.com. Uh, leapers is L E I P E R S. Um, we are, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LF distillery. Um, so you can find us there. Um, if you have any questions, call the distillery 615-465-6456. And then if you have any questions, um, you know, our staff here will be happy to answer anything that we can. Um, And then we're just right outside of Nashville in the small town Libra sport, just located a little bit Southwest of Franklin. So uh, if you're heading down the 65 corridor, uh, it's, it's a quick 15, 20 minute hop off to come see us and, uh, we'll run you through a tour of tasting and, and kind of get to tell you a little bit about what we do. So, and if yeah. they can't make it by, they can, uh, uh, so Blake at, uh, sealbox, uh, right. Box.com, you know, or, or drink sealbox.com. I can't remember which one it is. But, you can get this um, drink yeah. from their site though. Yeah. 
Yeah, Blake is awesome guy. Um, we just teamed up with him about a month and a half ago or so. Um, so we're really excited. Uh, I think he's launching our brand here soon on his site. So that should be, be awesome for us as well. Um, so find us there at sealbox.com if you're looking to have a bottle shipped to you. Um, I think you can get in about 26 different states right now. And, and hopefully with our distribution channel starting to open up this year and in the next year, um, you'll start to see us kind of, uh, I know Atlanta is going to be one of our markets we hit next, Louisville, Birmingham, um, East and West Tennessee. So we're trying to conquer our backyard in Nashville first, and then we will hit um, Southeast. So we're excited about that. Matt King, I'm excited to have sat here with you for an hour and a half, buddy. I don't feel like it's been that long. And, uh, hell of a show, bud. Yeah. Hey, thank you, guys. We, we appreciate it. it. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Thanks, guys.